We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. that the best days of the church are ahead of us. I can back that up with Scripture. You believe me? I can. In Acts 2, 17, this is just part of the text, and we'll get to it in just a minute, but it says, it says, I believe that the best and the great... No, that's what I said. That's what I said, right? But it says, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on... All flesh. You see, we're living in the last days. When Jesus ascended into heaven, the last days began. We are living in the last days. And it says very plainly, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Does that, does that not excite you? It excites me. That lets me know that God's not done with me until he sends Jesus, his son, out on those clouds of glory to blow that, you know, to have the angel blow the trumpet and call us home. It's not over till it's over. All right, look, now I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a whole lot better and a whole lot quicker if you'll work with me this morning. Okay? It's Pentecost Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to ask you what you think that is in just a moment, but... You look amazing today. Amazing. Some of you don't believe it yourself. Look at the person on your right and give them a big old smile. Come on. Do it. Now look at the person on your left. You're already smiling. Everybody's, everybody's good, right? It's Sunday. It's something, we have something to smile about. We have something to rejoice. We have something to be excited about, right? We do, we do. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning with me to the book of Acts. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be in a lot of places here just shortly. We're going to be in Acts. We're going to be in Psalms. If you just, you ever, you ever play a, one of those sword drills when you were a kid? Whoever could get you, the, the teacher would give the, the passage and the first person to get there without tearing the pages in the Bible would, would stand up and quote the Scripture, read the Scripture, okay? Are you with me? So you better be ready. We have your thumbs ready, your Bible's ready. If you have a Bible, if you have a, an iPhone or a device, something, you can, you know, that's, that's cheating. It's cheating. It's touching buttons, right? Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Of course, it's going to be Acts chapter 2. It's Pentecost Sunday, right? Pentecost Sunday. Before we read, does anybody know what Pentecost means? Do you know what the, what the word means? 50th. It means 50th. Who thought it meant Holy Ghost and fire? 
I mean, think about it. I mean, I, for as a kid growing up, that's what I thought. We're Pentecostal. We're the fiftieth. That don't make no. That don't make no sense, right? Boy, yeah, that's a tough crowd this morning. Brian, I needed you back on the drums, man. Fiftieth. Fiftieth. Today we're going to look at. Right, this is going to be a, a different. Pentecost Sunday sermon, so you better get ready. Just like last week, Memorial Day, that was a different type of sermon for Memorial Day. Today's different. We're going to look at one thing. There's a lot of things that happen on Pentecost Sunday. What this represents, it is, it's the first, a lot of firsts. It's the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the birthday of the church. If I had thought about it, we would have had a birthday party decked out in balloons and birthday cake and all this, but I forgot. It's the birthday of the church. It's the birthday of the church. It's, it's the first sermon, Peter's first sermon, mass baptism. It's, this is a lot of firsts, but there's one thing that happens on Pentecost Sunday that is not a first that we're going to talk about today, and that is God being faithful to keeping his promise. He's a promise keeper. Promise keeper. Acts chapter 2, if you would stand for the reading of the word this morning, so you better be ready. I'm going to tell you now, we're going to, we're going to Psalms 104 next. Psalms 104, but Acts chapter 2, I'm not going to read. We're going to if you have, if you take notes, you can take these down. We're going to look at the first 21 verses here in a nutshell, and uh, I'm not trying to look over something or anything, but there, we've got, I've got a lot to say, and I've got 30 minutes to do it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, it says they were all together in one place, right there. They were all together in one place. This is the disciples. It's talking about the disciples of Christ. It says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The disciples. It says, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, we sang about it this morning, there was a sound. Uh, Brother Lee talked about there's a sound. There is a sound that happens. There's a sound that takes place. And it says, and at this sound, the mighty rushing wind the multitude came together. When you hear a sound, you're curious, right? Sirens go through Hector, get on Facebook. Everybody, where are they going? Right? Where are they going? Does anybody know where the, where the ambulance went? Does anybody know where the fire department went? There is a sound. People are curious. They're curious. It says, and at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in their language. And they were amazed and astonished and saying, these people don't even speak my language, but yet they're speaking my language. 
We're going to jump over. Verse 14, again, you can read that on your own. Verse 14, it says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what oh, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Verse 17, I already talked about it. And in, in its, the last days it shall be. Everybody say, it shall be. How many likes that? It shall be. I like that. It shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all. We are a part of all. That's me. That's me. That's you. That's you. You can read on through verse 21. Uh, but let's, for the sake of time, jump over with Proverbs, or Psalms 104, <clears throat> verse 24. I love this. It says, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures, the, high, the sea, the great and wide, the, which teems with creatures innumerable. Living both small and great, there go the ships in Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look at you, and you give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up, and when you open your hand, they are filled with good things. Everybody say good things. Good things. Verse 35, you can read all the way through, but let's jump to the last verse. And it says, and let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. You getting tired of me yet? You good? Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Some translations will say sons and daughters or children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself dwell, uh, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, everybody say children, then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. John chapter 14. This is the last place we're going to be. But we're going to be referencing these throughout the sermon. John chapter 14, verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? You, you still do not know me? Whoever has seen the Father has seen me. 
How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of these works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do also do the works that I do and in greater works than these will he do. Everybody say greater because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, and the Father will be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's a hard one, isn't it? Not just one of them or two of them, but all of them. You'll keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells within you and will be in you. Same chapter. Turn the page. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring you, bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Everybody say, I'm not afraid. Do you believe it? Do you believe what you said? Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray over this word. Anoint our ears, anoint our minds to be able to receive and apply what you have for us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. 20 minutes, 20 minutes. How many of you can honestly and truly say today that God keeps his promises? He does. But how many of you today can say there have been times in your life when you felt like God didn't keep his promises? You ever ask that question, God, where are you at? Hello, God, right? You ever been there? Where are you at? God always keeps his promises. I, I said that at, at the very beginning in Acts 2, 17, one of the verses that we read, it says that that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I believe that the best days of the church, the best days of us, we're the church. This is just a building. We're the church. The best days of the church, everybody take your hands and do this. The church is ahead of us. I believe that. I believe it. Instead of being afraid, being afraid and worrying about life, we, we, we look at these texts that we read this morning. I know it was a lot. It was a lot. 
We, we talk about the day of Pentecost and, and the reason behind it and, and what happened that day. And Jesus was, you know, basically Jesus saying, you know, all this prior to this, I'm, I'm going away, but I'm sending something. The Father's going to send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Helper, the Advocate that's going to be, I have to go away, but this is going to be here. Now, I, I've, I've said this Recently, maybe it's on Wednesday night, I don't remember. But the Holy Spirit is the comforter, the helper. And if the Holy Spirit is the comforter, it cannot do its job if you are comfortable. You with me? You have to be in a place of uncomfortableness before the Holy Spirit, the comforter, will step in. That's what the Scripture says. How can you, how many of you know it's dangerous to be comfortable when it comes to your relationship and walk with God? You can get cocky. Man, I know it all. I know the Word. How many of you know non-believers that know the Word? But do they live the Word? told you it's going it, to, it's going to, you'd help me if, if, if you would, you know, are you with me? Why would, why would Jesus come and then leave and, and, and say before he left, I'm, I've got to go, but you don't understand. It's best that I do go because the Holy Spirit is going to come. That, that takes the limits off of, off of my presence because I can only, Jesus could only be at one place at one time when he was on the face of the earth. When he left, it took all of those boundaries and limits and set them free. Now the Holy Spirit is able to be here at Hector. It could be at Dover. It could be at Russellville. It could be all the way over in Mali, Africa at the same time. That's the power of the advocate, of the comforter, of the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose. But it's not just the only reason. We need power. We need power. That's where the uncomfortable and the comfortableness comes into play. We can get comfortable in doing what we do and forget about the power that we need. You're only going to do and go so far on your own power. You need under your own natural ability. We need the super added to our natural, then it becomes supernatural. Man, that's good preaching, and ain't nobody saying amen. I'm just kidding. We need the super with our natural so God can do the supernatural. Instead of being afraid, it's easy to become afraid in today's time. Afraid and nervous. What's going to happen? But we can know and trust that God is faithful. He is faithful in keeping his promises. He is actively working on your behalf right now. Right now. 
Today, as we remember some of the significant firsts, I've already mentioned these. The, it's the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the birthday of the church, the first sermon, the mass baptism that we read that, that, that was in the Scripture. And I think I skipped over a, a lot of that in Acts chapter 2. But you have a Bible. You have, if you don't have one, come see me after church. I'll get you one, okay? All of these firsts are great but one thing that's relevant through all the Scripture is that God keeps his promises. None of these other firsts would have happened if God didn't keep his promises. He sent his Spirit to his people, which are us, as a fulfillment in the fulfillment of his promises. There was a, when we were in Ecuador, there was this one community. The community was called... Uh, San Juan Alto, San Juan Alto was the name of the community. In this community, there was a, a woman pastor that we were working alongside. Her name was Luz Mila. And I, I remember we lived in Quito at the time, and, and we were going out and building relationships. And once, one, one week, she called me. She said, Pastor Shannon, can you come out and help me with some baptism? We, we have some baptisms, and she's very, she was a very small lady, very small. She was probably maybe about that tall, little indigenous woman. She would say, Pastor Shannon, I, I can baptize them. I can take them down, but I just can't bring them back up. Can you come and help me? Yes, ma'am, we'll be there. That was on a Saturday, so we loaded up early on a Saturday morning. We drove out there, and as we were getting, we went by their, their village and picked them up. We actually had rented a swimming pool in town. It was heated because we lived at 10,000 feet, and those creeks and rivers are cold. But as we got to, to their house, picked them up, and they, they were in the back seat of the truck, and God had been dealing with Susan and I and about moving out to Otavalo. And, and as we got them in the truck and we were driving, we, we leaned back. They were all sitting in the back seat, our speed of light truck, and we turned around and we told them that God had been dealing with us and asking us to, to move to Otavalo. And as we shared that, tears began to flow out of their, out of their eyes, down their, down their face. And, and they said, Pastor, you don't understand. We've been praying for 14 years that God would send someone to live here with us and to work alongside of us. Missionaries had been out there before, but they would just come and work and then leave. Nothing wrong with what they did. But these people were longing for something more. And God kept saying, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Just be steadfast in my promise. You see, our promises to us, they may look one way. If God said it, it should work out this way. And sometimes, or most of the time, it doesn't work out the way you think it should, right? I mean, sometimes we think, God, if you would have asked me first, we would have did this a different way. But God's way is the best way, and sometimes we just have to be in the waiting and trusting his promise. It will come to pass. The fulfilling of the promise of his promise here in Acts chapter 2, even with Peter's first sermon, all of these things that Peter was saying and, and, and giving to, to these people, the disciples were being filled, the disciples were filled. We are disciples of God. We are. We're the disciples today in our time. 
Brandon talked about it Wednesday night. We should be making disciples. We should be. You should be making disciples. It's not just on the pastor or the Sunday school teachers or the, or the deacons or the, uh, the leaders, Pastor McKenzie, the youth pastor, the kids. It's not all, it's on us. Every single one of us are called as disciples. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The large crowds, the people that are going to pass you, cross paths with you, you have something to share, your story, your story. Peter informs these people that, that what, what, what is happening here in the Scripture, though it's new, it's not something unexpected. I love this. I love this part. He said, he backs it up. He says, because all these people, the Jewish people, they knew the Scripture. They understood what Scripture said. Peter brings it back to Scripture. Always bring it back to Scripture. You hear me? All of your advice, all of your kind words, bring it back to Scripture. If you can't back it up with Scripture, don't say it. Don't say it. Peter said, though this is new, it's not unexpected. He said, do you remember what the prophet Joel wrote? Do you remember what the prophet Joel said? It lines up with the promise of God. Acts chapter 2. He says, verse 16, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Prophet Joel, he's the one that said, that was, that was quoted, and in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. This is from the Old Testament. This is from pre-Christ. This is from the Scripture, the prophet, the man that God had called in that time. It was backing it up. Now it's happening. What you're seeing, what you're experiencing, this is what's happened. Everything that you and I go through every single day, this is what's happening. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. I want to receive that. I want to be under the spout where the glory, anybody ever heard that? Where the glory comes out, right? I want to be there. I want to have all that I can have because I want to be effective for God. I want to be the hands and the feet, the voice. I want to be God with the face. I want somebody to see Christ in me, in my actions, in my reactions, in my conversations, in everything that I do. Pentecost today, it's a celebration of some important events in the life of the church and within the believers. But we should also remember that it's a celebration of our faithful God. Of our God, the God that we, is anybody serving God today? Does anybody believe he's faithful? Does anybody want to serve a faithful God? We want to serve a God that's faithful. We don't want to serve anything that's not faithful. A faithful God that keeps his promise. I love to know that I serve a God that keeps his promises. 
may not always look like I think it should look, but he's faithful. There are prayers that I have prayed and I believe I know and the answer is coming. I just don't know when. How many of you have been praying for a long time for something, but you know that you know that you know it's going to happen? You just don't know when. Do we quit? Do we throw in the towel? Why? Because it says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That could be today. That could be tomorrow. That could be next week. I don't know when, but I'm going to put myself in the position to receive. There's some, there's some truth in that old saying, be under the spout where the glory comes out. If I'm not constantly under in, in, in an anticipation of God, what's your word going to say? If I'm not constantly in the word, if I'm not constantly praying and asking God to reveal his, his word to me and his promises to me, I will not be in a place to receive. I can't just, uh, well, it's Sunday. I'm going to get under the spout today. Hope he turns it and opens it open. No. Brandon talked a lot about a lot about fasting. Knowing the voice of God. Sometimes that is that's the hard that's that's hard. I'll just admit fasting is horrible. I like to eat. But there's something about fasting that moves you into the presence of God. You're taking away earthly things and putting yourself in a place of receiving. Okay, you're under the spout. Oh, God, open that spout because I need your glory. I need your anointing. I need your presence. I need more of your spirit. I need to be in that place. I can't just do it when I want to and think that it's going to happen. I can't live a Christian life just on Sundays and expect him to pour out glory on Thursday when I'm mad at everybody. I said cuss words. I looked at something that I shouldn't have looked at on my phone or on the Internet and then come back to church on Sunday. Oh, God, here I am. Pour it out. doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It is a it is a. I don't know if this is, this is a big word I'm fixing to use. I don't even know if I'm going to use it right. Perpetual moment of putting myself in front of his glory, in front of his presence every single day. Takes effort. Dedication. We want to talk about Pentecost. We want the, we want the results of Pentecost. We want, the, we want the emotions. We want the excitement. We want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, all of that is great, and all of that is awesome, and that's God. But you can't go out and live like the devil all week and think you can get it on Sunday and think that that's going to be it. You got to worship just like you do on Sunday on Monday and then on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, every day that ends in a Y, you better be living for Christ. I believe a lot of our own problems in our world is that this is the only day we worship. This is it. Maybe some of you this morning, you're going to leave here today, and this is all the church you're going to have until next Sunday. Somebody asked me this morning, am I going to step on your toes? I saw a bunch of people. No, I didn't. 
pick up your feet. I'll kick you in the shin. We're the church, right? This building is just a building. If I'm the church, if I'm the church, I have church every day, right? What I choose to put in is what's going to come out. I'm going to put filth in, junk in, junk comes out. But if I put the goodness and the grace and the promises of God in my head, and that's going to come out of my mouth. You know what? I will be a pleasant person to be around. Susan might say something different. But you can tell when somebody's been with God and somebody that ain't. <laughs> Don't look around. Don't look. And is it true? It's true. You can tell. What do people say about you when you leave the room? That'll knock your hat in the creek. What do they say about you when you leave the room? What do they say when you enter the room? That's an even bigger one. Man, here comes know-it-all. Here comes sourpuss. All they, they're, just, they're just mad at the world. What else is going on? They're mad. They're mad at the government. They're mad at everything. They, and they go to church. What do they say when you walk into the room? Here comes a man or a woman of God. And they hang on to every single word that you say. Do they? Do we have things to say that make a difference? Pentecost. It's, it's, it's not about, not just about the, 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 the hype and the, I man, I am just, mm. look, I'm Pentecost. I am Assemblies of God. I've been this my whole life. This is all I know. But some, sometimes we abuse the gift that God's given us. We abuse it. We think that, oh, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we can just walk around talking in tongues. You bring confusion. I told you, this mm, is different. When you are walking in the authority and under the authority of God, God will dictate your words. He will dictate your steps. But when you think you can do it on your own, you are lost. Look, I can get up here and preach without studying anything during the week. I can. I have learned how to do it. And you will tell when I have preached a sermon that I have learned how to do or when it's something anointed. You will. When I step behind this pulpit, I want the anointing of God. I want the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit in operation within me because you have to be able to receive what the Holy Spirit is prepared for you. And when you leave, and those people that cross your, your path, if you're not walking in the anointing of God, you hear me? You could be a stumbling block to someone. Before you know, before you say, listen to the Spirit. 
Listen to the power of the Holy Spirit and let Him use you the way He wants you to use you. It's not about you. It's, it's not about me. We can learn to do things and not even operate under the anointing. And when that happens, we are in a very dangerous place. You with me? Pastor McKenzie, yeah. Anybody else? Am I preaching the truth? Sometimes I get it. Sometimes it's, it's hard to remember, to even see how God is faithful. You see, that same woman, the same, oh, man, it's, it's already 12 o'clock. All right, hang on. That same woman, Luce Mila, that I was telling you about, had been praying for someone for 14 years. Just a few months later, I'm going to give you the short version of the story. She called me. She said, Pastor Shannon, they, the people in their community, I don't, understand, I don't have time to tell you the culture or anything of what's going on. They want to take some of our land. And if they vote as a community, they can do it. They can take some of their land. That's just the way, it, that's the, way the indigenous culture there works. She said, we have spent our entire life, my ancestors, this was their land. There was this big cement wall all the way around it. This is where they had their garden. This is where they had their animals. This is where they had everything. And they had a tractor. The community had a tractor that was coming the next day to tear it down and to build a road. She said, Pastor, this is not fair. I had to remind her of the promises that God had fulfilled already. I said, go to this meeting that you're going to call me back. But I said, you have to remember Remember, even when you can't see it, remember. She called me back. She said, Pastor, when we got to the, to the meeting, she said, we walked two times around that, that community house, and we prayed, God, you give us favor. God, let your anointing go before us. They walked around two times, went into the meeting. The, the, the leadership of this community called the meeting to order, said that was the only thing they were meeting for. We're here to take this land. Who's in favor of taking their land? She said, Pastor, nobody moved. Nobody said anything. She said, we knew going in that this was going to happen. She said, the leadership got so mad and frustrated within themselves, they called the meeting off and canceled the tractor that was coming the next day, walked outside, and as they went outside, the church, that family, they were a part of the church. They went outside one by one. The people in the community began to come up to them and say, what did you do to us? Because we were going to vote against you, but when it come time, we couldn't move our arms. We couldn't even open our mouth. We wanted to take your land from you. But the Holy Spirit, how many of you know that the Holy Spirit that goes before you will bring the answers that God has for you. The promises of God. When we try to do things on our own accord, it will fail. You will fail. You need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit walking in and through you. Look, I'm going to close it right here with this. If, our, if Keys will come back, Pastor McKenzie, or who else? Whoever. I'll close it right here. You can look at the world today that we live in. 
And it's very easy to get frustrated. It's very easy. It's easy to get mad even, right? Has anybody been mad lately? The Bible says be angry and sin not, right? You've been mad. Why is this happening this way? I want you to listen to me. We read in the Scripture about not being afraid. He didn't call us to live in slavery under fear. But he called us to live under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Listen, if God took care of you and provided for you when gas was $2.50, don't you know he's going to provide for you when it's $4.50? Don't you know that when God provided for you when the interest rate was 3%, he's going to provide for you when it's 10%? The supernatural, the Holy Spirit, the power of God to work in you and through you. You don't live under fear to be afraid. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that I know that I know who holds tomorrow. I know it. I can choose to get up in the mornings. And Susan will tell you, she's the same way. You get up, sometimes you just hurt all over, don't you? You got to stretch. Oh, that's a new one. I choose right then and there. When I put my feet to the floor, God, you're going before me today. Or I can choose to sit and think, oh, no, because I've been there. I have been there. I start playing things over in my head. Well, this is what I've got. age of 37 the hardest birthday I ever had was my 37th birthday I had officially lived longer than my father I was a young man he was a young man and there was a time during that year when I allowed thoughts when I would feel bad dad passed away of cancer. I had thoughts that, oh, this is it. I've got cancer. I did. I was living under fear. I was in the ministry. I was on the mission field. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. You're just a man. You're just a woman. You're just a child of God just as I am it doesn't separate me from you because I'm a pastor no I had to get get my mind right I'm 
not living under fear. God didn't call me. He didn't call you to be a slave to fear. He didn't. So when I get up in the mornings, I make a conscious decision. It's not verbal. I don't tell Susan every day, I'm going to choose to love you today. That wouldn't go over very well, would it? I'm going to choose you, choose to love you today, no. I don't tell God that either. You see what I'm saying? It's something that I do. When I, when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to tell her that I'm going to love you today. I just love her. I don't get up in the morning and say, God, I'm going to love you today. I'm going to serve you today. No, I've got to that point in my life. I'm not a slave to fear. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to the enemy of my soul. I am a child of God. And when I get up, the Spirit of God lives in me. It's just natural. I'm going to love God today. I'm going to serve Him today. And I do it every single day. Is it easy every day? Nope. I'd be a liar if I told you yes. It's not easy. And I don't even know. I don't even know what it's like to be a teenager anymore. And the things that they have to deal with. Be praying for your kids. Even if you don't have kids that are in school, pray for these. Pray for them. should have celebrated that for birthdays, right? That's the best one yet. I've got a grandchild. It's going to be born this month. You know what? It, it, mom and dad's got some responsibility, but this, this guy right here, he's going to have a responsibility too. I'm going to walk in the faith of God. I'm not going to walk in fear. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. No, I am claiming, proclaiming that that child is going to be used by God to change the world around them. I pray it over you as well. Over you every single day. Would you stand with me? The God that provided for the $2.50 Have you seen gas prices? from it. My challenge to you today is to get under it and stay there. Get under it, camp out, whatever you have to do. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to camp out? Are you willing to do what is necessary? Sure, the gift of God is eternal life. 
everything behind us is to make heaven our home. But what happens if we get caught out from underneath it? You think about it. What happens if I am away from it? What happens if I'm over here doing my own thing and not my God-given thing, the one that he's called me to do? Do you see the importance? Do you understand the importance? It could be today. It could be tomorrow. 50th Pentecost. After Jesus resurrected, after Easter, they had to wait 50 days. 50 days. That's a long time. Can you remember what you wore on Easter? They waited 50 days for the gift to be fulfilled, for the promise to be fulfilled. We don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to wait another minute. Today's the day. Today is your day. It's your day. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Say, Pastor, today is my day. Today is my day. Look, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to call anybody out. But I want you to know and understand that I am praying for you. We will be praying for you. But this is a big, this is a big ask. Put out the thoughts. What's people going to say? What's people going to think? I'm, all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. That's it. The rest is up to you. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, this is me. I'm living under fear. I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like, and I'm afraid of it. Get under the spout. Don't be afraid. You're not called to be a slave of fear. If God is you, if God is dealing with you, if you're watching online, send us a message. But if that's you this morning, I want you to slip your hand up right back down. There's a hand. There's a hand. There's a hand. Anybody else? Yes. There's a hand. There's another. There's another. Anybody else before we transition right here? Thank you for being patient this morning. Anybody else? Kids, you can't, you can't, you can't depend on somebody else to drag you under that spout. Parents, you can't live under the anointing of your parents or somebody in your past. It's for your own taking. It's for you. It's for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Real quick. with us. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray. Ask God to take this day, this moment, and change you, to get you in position under the spout to receive everything, that you're not going to be afraid of anything anymore, that you are a child of God covered by the blood of His Son, Jesus, that you're going to be God with the face from this point on. 
because there are people waiting on you to tell your story. As you begin to pray, church, as we begin to pray, would you pray over these hands that were raised as they sing this morning? Heavenly Father, this morning, I pray. If I pray, I pray, I pray. If, if, if you're feeling led this morning, these altars are open. I will meet you here. I will meet you here today. Father, the hands that were raised. Lord, from my right to my left, I pray the anointing God would rest. Lord, just as on that day when the, the fire rested upon them, the Holy Spirit rested upon them. something that I, that I say, that I quote. There, there's meaning behind this. When God has called us as his disciples, that every single place that you go, it's not by accident that God has positioned you for the people that cross your path. He has positioned you if he's coming tomorrow, I know I, you know, I, I got to worry about myself, right? But I don't want to just go to heaven by myself. I want to take as many as I can with me. I want to, I want to make sure my family's there. I want to make sure every single one of you is going to. But there are going to be people in my path every day. That's on me. And there are people in your life you're going to meet that I will never meet. So as I pray this over us today, as we leave, I want you to think about this. If the disciples waited 50 days from the resurrection to Pentecost for the gift, the gift that now we have ready now, don't you want to share? Don't you want to share your gift? Or are you like one of them? Now this is mine. This is mine. At a very young age, babies, first things they say is one of them is mine. Right? 
nature that is in us. This is something we need to be unselfish about. We need to tell everybody about Jesus and the promise that he brought and fulfilled. You go nowhere by accident. Nowhere, wherever you are, God has put you there. Wherever you go, God is sending you. You have a purpose in which you are present. The Christ who dwells in you, he has something that he needs to do through you. We have to believe this as we go in his grace, in his love, and in his power. He has called us to be the one, to be the one that changes the world. I love you. We love you. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Have a great Sunday afternoon.